We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Well, hey, everybody. We are so glad to have you here with us as we're starting a new series called Blessing Conundrum. Now, if you happen to be with us um, over last month, you know, we did one called Brainstorm. I thought that was intriguing. I love the study of it. I love finding out more about God and our minds and how that impacted us. A lot of good things we heard from that. And of course, it's online if you weren't here with us for that. I say that just to be able to say this. As cool as I thought that was, I have even greater expectations of what is going to come from this current series that we're entering in. Some of the personal workings that God wants to do in our lives and the realization of this, you know, God cares and God is at work in me. So we take a look and go, what is a conundrum, right? Like, what, what do we mean, blessing conundrum? Well, conundrum is going to be something that is confusing or maybe a difficult problem or question. Certainly, we find some of those that come up against us in the scripture. I mean, hard things in life, like, for example, conundrum. If a turtle loses his shell, would you say he's naked or homeless? <laughs> See, it's conundrum, isn't it? How about, how about this? If you try to fail, but you succeed, which have you done? You wonder what I sit up at night thinking about, right? <laughs> like, like. What is greater than God? More evil than the devil. The poor have it, but the rich can't get it. And if you eat it, you'll die. Come back next week and I'll tell you. <laughs> now the answer is nothing. <laughs> There's some really challenging, you know, things, right? But we want to talk about blessings. Now when, when I ask have you been blessed? It, it's a very sincere question. How many would today be able to say, I feel, honestly, I'd be able to tell another person that I have been blessed by God in my life? If you feel like you've been blessed by God in some way, you're like, can I just see hands? I mean, just everywhere? Like, I think, I think like that's all of us that are here. Okay, now, for everybody, raise your hand. As cool as that was, as good as that is. How many know? I mean, you just, you intuitively know that God has more. There's more blessing potential that God has and it's something it's something that you desire in your life let me see your hands you know God's got more and I'd like to have it that's where we're going with this in fact we're going to look at four invitations from God each one unique as to greater working the greater blessing that he wants in our life now, to that end, would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are a blesser, that you have blessed, but that you will help us to understand how you want to do more. You desire to do more. And my prayer is that each and every one of us will experience that which you desire in your heart for us. We ask this in your son, Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said? Amen. Amen. Let me just kind of give us a quick overview, like 
when we talk about blessing, I mean, blessing in the scripture, what exactly does it say? What is it going to be talking about? So I'll give you, I'll give you our maxim just from the get-go right here. If you're taking notes, and by the way, there's no cheats in the way in if you'd like to pick those up, or if you want to use the app on your phone, our Fox River app, you can find the note sheets on there and use those if you'd like to be able to do that. But I'm jumping ahead a little bit to put this in front of us. Our maxim for this series is that there is a blesser who desires to bless more. Now, this is going to be true in all four different areas we're talking about. But this big idea that God is the blesser and he desires to bless more. Would you say that once with me, everybody? There is a blesser who desires to, one more time, there is a who desires to. Now, what does God want for us that way? Here's the foundation for it. It's like, how do I open myself up to God's blessing? Two things he says. If you want to experience my working, my blessing in your life, you need to believe, number one, that I exist, and number two, that I reward. How are you doing so far? Do you believe that God exists? Can you check? Okay. Do you believe that God rewards, that he works in people's lives? If that's so, you are in the place that God can and desires to bless you. There's three words that the scripture uses for bless. And the reason I tell you this is so, again, we understand what it is that God's talking about when he says this matter of blessing. The first one, the Old Testament word for blessing is the word barak. Barak meant, blessing means, it's some good gift from God. So a blessing is a gift, and it comes from God. Barak was that which gives better or abundant life. It's a gift that results in either better or abundance in our lives. So that's the Old Testament when it, when it talked about it and used it. In the New Testament, we see two other words. These two words, eulogia and mercurius. Eulogia is almost identical to Barak, the Old Testament. See, same thing, good gift from God, that which gives good or better life. Both of those, though, are talking about outward stuff. Most of the time when we think about blessing, don't we think about the outward stuff, right? Blesses us with home, blesses us with a job, blesses us with a, you know, a child, fam. We're thinking outward. Jesus added this other dimension to it. And he really leaned into it, Mercurius. And rather than simply good gifts from God, that which gives better or abundant life outwardly, he started talking about the inward stuff too, how God works in us, how God would bring peace, how God would bring joy, how God would give you that which you need to actually be able to enjoy that which you have. Think about that. This comes up over and over and over in Scripture. In fact, if you were to go through your Bible and count, you would come up with almost five hundred different times that the word blessing is used in the scripture. In perspective, that means on almost every third page, one, two, three, blessing, one, two, three, blessing, one, two, I mean, it's over and over from front to back in the scripture. There is a blesser who desires to bless more, and that's a message that keeps going out. Why? When we start to understand the why, the hows and the whats become clear, don't they? Why does God bless in the way that he does? Three things. First, because it's in his nature. In fact, blessor is actually an attribute of God. Now, it seems like just a well, kind of a, a you know, footnote that goes in there. 
When we talk about attributes of God, how do we understand God? God is omniscient, knows everything. He's omnipotent, he's all-powerful. God is the blessor. It tells you about his very nature. First chapter in the Bible tells you this about God. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, man and woman. And as soon as God created, say it with me, and God blessed them. Very first thing, God created, and he's immediately blessing in their lives. If you are in Jesus, God wants you to know that that is a reason for him just to pour out his continued blessing on you. In fact, you're talking, you know, praising God, who has blessed us with every blessing because we belong to Christ. If you have received Jesus, God said, I, I am going to be continuing to exhibit to pouring out my blessing now and throughout eternity. And the third reason, why? It's in his nature, because you are in Christ. And this is really going to pull us into our series. Because we... Why does God bless? Because we are responding to an invitation that he's putting before us to more blessing. Remember the bigot? Remember our maxim? There is a blessor who desires to, say it, bless more. So let's step into our first conundrum, shall we? The conundrum would be this. Can you buy or purchase God's blessing? What do you think? Yes or no? Do you buy God's blessing? Do you have to pay for God's blessing? Are you sure? Hmm. If you have a Bible, let's take a look at a couple of passages here today, shall we? We're going to go to the book of Malachi. Malachi is just a real teeny book in the Bible. It's a real powerful story, but just only like four chapters to it. God is speaking into people's lives, and he, he so wants something for them, but they're not getting it because something is blocking the blessing, something in the person's life. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can grab a pew Bible. You'll find this on page 1368. Or even if you have your Bible with you and you can't find Malachi, you can grab a pew Bible and go to page 1368. A little cheat that way. I want you to just look at verse number 10 right now. God says, bring the whole tithe, as a gift of giving, into the storehouse, that is into the temple, place for worship, that there may be food in my house, that is, that it's going to be able to continue to do the work that I've intended for it to do. Look at these next words. Test me, God says. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. That is by bringing in that tithe. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much, what's the next word? I'm going to pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That's quite a word picture that God's using. He says, if you do this, I'll do this. If you bring your tithe, you bring your giving, then I'll give you this blessing. You have to give to get. Hmm. Let's look at a different, different place, different passage here. We're going to go over to 2 Corinthians, which is page 1652. Again, Paul's opening up a new and a fresh working that God is doing and calling people into. 
We're going to pick it up in verse number 6. Now, if you have a bookmark, stick it in this. We're going to come back to a couple places. In fact, we're going to communion at the end today right from this chapter right here. So you'll have a bookmarker in here and can see that tie. Let me also mention, if you don't own a Bible, please feel free to take the Bible that you've got in your hands right now as a gift. Just our gift to you. And feel free then to take a note or two in here as we go along. All right. Verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I love the, I just like, I like the word imagery. Let me just break off for just a, a quick second here. Here's the law of the measure. God basically is saying this. Here's the principle. If you sow or you give with a teaspoon, what are you going to receive with? Teaspoon, right. But if you just say, I'm going to sow with a tablespoon, what are you going to reap with? Yep, you sow with that, you get with this. But what if you say, I'm going to sow with a cup? God says, you want to sow with a cup? You're going to reap with a what? Yeah, sow with a tablespoon, your choice. Sow the cup, your choice. This is the law of the measure. This is what God says here. And he's talking about giving, talking about money. He said, if you want to sow with a bucket, you can, you can do This is, God said, it's your choice. You choose, I'm going to respond accordingly. Law of the measure, right? God lets us decide. Verse 7, remember he's talking about giving or money. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, if you're being guilted into giving, don't give. Somebody's pressuring you into giving, don't give. God knows motive. God knows reason. He said, I am neither into guilting or pressure. So that's not why I ask. It's not what I bless. Verse 8 now. And God is able to, say these next three words with me, bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, then you'll abound in every good work. So we give, and God says he will bless us abundantly. Question, do I need to give to be blessed by God? I just want that conundrum to to work and start to turn just a little bit because I'm not sure we understand the full question yet. I'm going to take us back to this matter of that tithe. What is it that God asks of us, this test of the tithe? If if you're not familiar with with the Bible, if you haven't kind of grown up in church, this word tithe that you see up here like what is a you know what is a tithe or what is a you know what is a tithe what it's talking about this hebrew word got translated it means 10 or 10 percent the number 10 is where the significance comes from the first person that ever gave the tithe was a man by the name of abraham who's called the father of faith and it just came as this faith action or response to god of something that happened in his life we see 10 in the scriptures as regularly coming as a time of testing, 10 is a number of trust. A couple examples of that when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. Remember the story of Moses and Pharaoh? Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my, what? Let my people go. Pharaoh said, not by the hair of my chinny. Wait, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, but he said no. And there were 10 different tests, provings, 
both for Pharaoh, but as well as for those Hebrews that were slaves and that God was showing his strong hand and saying, you can, co- you can come out, you can trust me. When they were out into the wilderness, God then gave them 10 commandments. Again, these testings or actions to be able to trust God. A tithe itself takes us back to the heart. Remember the why? What is the why that God wants for us to have? And he tells us that. It says in Deuteronomy this, the purpose of tithing, it's to teach you to always put God first in your lives. If you ever ask this question, why should a person give? Why should a person tithe? I could give you 15 different reasons. In fact, I've got a message. I think I give 15 different reasons. You know, here's all these advantages. But I want to just take you to the bottom line because we're talking about the connection of blessing and giving right now, right? And the bottom line for all of this is this, that the tithe is actually God's test of trust. Do you trust me? Now, here's where things get really real right now. Jesus made faith really real right right now. If I were to say to you, do you trust God? Almost everybody would say what? Oh, of course. Yeah, Yeah, I trust God. And God says, prove it. And the way I want you to prove it is I want you to prove it with your money. And there's just, you know, I mean, the more you get, sometimes the harder it is to make, you know, to make that proving right. Jesus said, you're going to have a constant competition going in you for first place. That which is going to have the last say in your life. And Jesus said it's going to be between God or it's going to be between money. And what you do is going to show what you really trust in or believe. And of course, we use plastic today. I mean, plastic, same as cash or better than cash, right? Some of us, I mean, we're using digital, we're using our phones, we're doing all that. But all this brings you back to this. Almighty God. God is saying to us, says to me, will you trust me? By doing what I ask you here first. The tithe was always the first of the income. The first of the harvest. Not was there enough in the end to give something back to God. Or to give what was left to God that way. As I said, Jesus made things very real. He brought out this. It's one thing to believe, but it's a whole other thing to trust, right? Sometimes I think about this when, um, before I went parachuting the first time, how many have gone parachuting here? Right? Woohoo! Right? Like, all right. Uh, how many have ever gone hang gliding? That was even more, like, it's like, that is great. But either of these things that you do, before you do it, you're going to go through this process. You're going to move from belief to trust. Here's what I, here's what I mean by that. Um, if you're going to go parachuting today, you're going to go and you're going to look at, you're going to look online real quick, like, you know, um, so-and-so, so-and-so, Waukesha parachuting. And if you only see one star in a splat, right, like, in the review, anybody going to do a one-star, you know, parachuting review? Like, 
All right, no way in the world, right? Because you're already thinking, do I, do I believe in this? But you find a five-star, you know, here's a five-star rated. It's like, okay, here's a safe place. I'm going to be able to do this. I began thinking, is this parachute actually going to be able to work? I mean, is this safe being able to go up here? I mean, you go through all the school. I mean, it's like you, they, they tell you why you should be able to trust because they're trying to, you know, believe. You know, believe, it. you know, believe the plane's going to get you up there. Believe in the instructor. Believe in the, in the parachute. But here's the deal. If you don't trust either the person that you're jumping with or the equipment itself, like, is this strap loose or what? If you don't trust, 20 people couldn't get you out of that airplane. Right? I mean, like, there's no way you're going to get me out of there. The only way you're going to willingly go out is you've moved from belief, I believe this is going to work, to I trust. Now, when it comes to even more important matters in life, see, there's something more important than that, for sure. I believed in Jesus without trusting him. Here's what I mean. I grew up, I was told some Jesus stories. I learned the historicity of Jesus, historical figure. I learned, I believed the gospel. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again the third day. I, mean, I believed all that stuff. I mean, you asked me the question, I could give you the answer. But you would ask me, are you trusting him? No. Did my life show that I wasn't trusting him? Yes, it definitely showed that. A lot of you understand what I'm talking about right now. You believed, but you didn't trust yet. But there came a time in which I was at the decision point. Am I going to trust in Jesus? Which means this. I had to let go. There were some things I was trusting in. If you'd asked me, I'd have said, I'm trusting in the fact that I've been baptized as a baby, that I'm a member of a church, that... I try to do good. I mean, I'm a good person, right? I'm, I'm good enough. I mean, I was trusting I was good enough that God would let me in to heaven. And I had to realize that is not going to work, and that is not what God said, and there's only one thing that God said would be, this is the means of your forgiveness, guy. This is the means of you becoming a child of mine. It's putting your faith and trust in Jesus alone. Let go, take hold of. I did changed my life. So many here are able to say that same thing. I know what it is to believe, and I know what it is to trust, and they are two different things. You can just nod your head right now if you know what I'm, if you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't trusted Jesus yet, I'm not saying you don't know about him. Almost all the world knows about Jesus. Almost all the world believes in Jesus. He was. He did those things. But trusting him, it makes all the difference in the world. And we're talking about, right? We're talking about giving. This is always, a, you know, it, it, it's a challenge for somebody that's going to come up, especially in the position that I'm in, to go, I want you to see the connection between giving as an invitation to God's blessing. Because people hear this. Well, the church, I mean, the, all, the, all the church is about is about what? Say it. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say Jesus, but no. Everybody's like, no, the church is just all about money. We're trying to get, you're trying to give money. And you, know, you stand up here and you can like, you know, just open yourself up for it. And there's different criticisms you can get. And you could let that affect you. Or, as I was thinking about this, because I'm well aware of what people you know, will say, can say, etc., I was thinking about 
how great would be the spiritual and pastoral malpractice if I didn't tell you something that was true and something that has the impact that this can have in our lives. If nobody would have told me about this, I, I would be so mad. I couldn't imagine getting to heaven and God saying, here's so much more I wanted to do if you'd have only done this. I mean, here's my invitation. And I'm just like, I didn't know. I want all of us to know. I want you to have your story. Now, I could say, I could wish that this was my story. I could wish that one time I was a millionaire, but then I lost everything. But then I started giving to God, and now I'm a multimillionaire. That would be a good story, wouldn't it? I mean, wish that was your story. I mean, that may be some of your stories, but that's not my story. You know what my story is? My story is this. I'd only been a Christian just for a few weeks. I went to church, my friend Tom, he said to me, hey guy, you need to tithe. I'm like, what does that mean? He said, you need to give your first 10% to God. And I'm like, why? I've never even given $5 to God. 10%, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, no, here's what God said, and he kind of explained what I'm saying today. You know, I just said, here's, here's an invitation from God to trust him. And I'm like, really? I mean, I'm only three weeks in the faith, but it's raw, it's real, and I'm like, well, that's what God wants. I'm going to do it. And I did. Never been a time since then that out of our paychecks, Denise and my paychecks, out of our increase, that we haven't given God the first 10%. It's like, I just, I just learned it then, and I always did it. So what does that mean? Here's where things got tricky for me in sharing my story. It's like, I know I've lived this really blessed life. How, can, how does this play out? So I thought, maybe this, maybe this is one of those because it's so real to me and I experience it every day of my life. Maybe I could use this one. When we graduated from college, I had a part-time job and I went into full-time ministry and I took a 65% pay cut from my part-time job to go into full-time ministry. How's that for economics? We lived on a shoestring budget when we were in Marshalltown, Iowa. In fact, I went out and got a shoestring. I mean, there are shoestrings, and then there's these, ever see these little wax, really fine shoestrings? Like, this is the kind of shoestring budget that we were on. And we tithed, and we would have said, we are blessed. And we could give you a hundred reasons why, why we felt that way. Well, after five years in Marshalltown, Iowa, we, got, we felt this calling of God to come to Waukesha. When we were coming here, we knew that we would come as renters because with all the savings we had, we had in our emergency account maybe five, five, seven hundred dollars But it was an emergency account, and we had, we'd been diligent in saving that. But we realized this. The cost of living in Marshalltown, Iowa, and the cost of housing in Waukesha, Wisconsin, there was a big difference. <laughs> Some of you experienced that big difference, haven't you? It's like, what? I can't believe how much housing is, is this much. But that wasn't, you know, it's like, that's not a deal breaker. That's not a big, you know, big deal. We just felt like this is where God wants us to be. Somebody let me know, like, hey, here's a special, you know, here's a special deal. We think, you know, this house would be perfect for you. I'm like, yeah, it'd be perfect. We got no money. I'm not even going there. You know, I didn't even get my dreams or my hopes up. Two weeks before we were leaving, packing our stuff and coming over here. A couple of our friends, Dave and Diane, 
younger couple, they just came up to us and said, hey, you're going, we're going to miss you. We heard about what you're going to do over there. Uh, we just like do something for you. We're like, hey, cool. And they pulled out like a couple thousand dollars, like $2,500. Said, here, we want to use, use this for a down payment on a house. Never said a word to them. Never mentioned this to anyone. And I'm just like, no, it wasn't enough for down payment, but I'm still like, whoa. I mean, like, I was, I was blown away by that generosity. The next day, Vern and Shirley, not Laverne and Shirley, <laughs> Vern, Vernon, he comes up to me. He says, hey, brother guy. He's like, always calls me brother guy. Hey, brother guy, you know, we sure going to miss you around here. We're so glad for the opportunity God's going to give you. He said, you know, um, it's like the Spirit of God's been speaking to me, and I want to just, I want to, I want to make it possible for you to buy a home over there. He said, whatever you need for a down payment, you let us know. We're going to give you this amount of money, but we're going to loan you whatever it takes to be able to get into a home over there, and you just pay me back whenever. No interest. It's like, you know, whenever you can, you just make those payments. Never had said a word to anyone. First thing in my mind, though, this is from God. We live in that same home every single day. I walk into, I live in this place. This is a reminder of God's blessing. Everything thing about Vern. I only made three payments to him. Like every other month, we were sending this money. When he popped over, he just drove over from Iowa and goes like, hey, I just want to stop by. Like, nobody just stops by from Marshalltown, Iowa, right? I want to stop by and like, you know, just tell you this, you know, the debt's forgiven. You know, it's, it's gone, we're so glad, and we just continued on. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't hear that we weren't under, you know, still, I mean, really tight budget and all of that, because we were. But we knew that God was showing himself in this unusual way in our lives. And since then, I've learned over and over again that you can't outgive God. You try and outgive God, we've done this in vision campaigns, we, you know, we've built our first building. So many of you are here from that first building. We said, we'll give, we'll sacrifice so that thousands and thousands can hear about Jesus. And what did we find out? That God works in our lives as well. In fact, um, this, this story is so similar. If it wasn't on a communication card, you might not believe it. But I got this just a couple weeks ago. It's from Jane. And Jane had said this and said, um, Three weeks ago, I wrote a check to Fox River trying to catch up on my tithing. With, with our many medical bills, trying to get out of debt, I'd been holding back. That afternoon, my friend, um, so she gave, that afternoon, my friend offered freely the cash that I would need to put a down payment on our house. I'm like, I know exactly what you were talking about, Jane. So many of you have stories. I hope you'll share your stories. In fact, let me throw up a number here, if you would. 555-888, that's our common text number. If you just text in share story, how have you seen God blessing you as you just put yourself in the place of blessing through trusting him in your giving? I think a lot of other people are going to be profited and really helped by this. We as a church invite people, trust God. One of the things that we do, we hope we never undercut trusting in God, but we kind of put this, you know, put this out there because we want you to know 
we want you to learn this. We are for you. We want something for you, not from you. But we put out a, a, out a tithing challenge. So for example, there's 60 days left in this year. If you would want to take a 60-day challenge for the rest of this year, in other words, you put God first. Trust God with your tithe. You do that. If you are not blessed by God, now this is a shorter time than we usually do it, but if you're not blessed by God in those 60 days, and you tell us, we'll give you your money back. Gladly. Now I'm not saying you're going to have more money than you started with, but I'm saying that you're going to unmistakably know that God has worked in your life. Now if you're giving cash, make sure you use an envelope, because if you come up to me and say, guy, I gave $100,000 in cash, and uh, it's really not working out. Um, crazy right giving is an avenue but it doesn't make up for unwise use and some of us have some of us got ourselves into some difficult situations financially but i want you to know there's hope for you as well hope and help this is jenna and alex I want them to share their story and i'm going to give you one more part in the blessing continuum as we wrap up today Hey, Fox River family. This is Alex and Jenna Marsh coming to you from our home in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Um, so church asked us to tell you a little bit about us. Um, so kind of starting off, so Jenna and I met in college in 2012 and quickly fell in love and um, got married in 2014, uh, which about a year after that, we bought our first house in Waukesha in 2015. Yeah, so buying a house, obviously it's an expensive thing, right? So... There are a lot of expenses that we didn't account for. There are a lot of things that we had been given in the past that we now had to pay for ourselves. So with that comes credit card debt. Um, we just didn't have the money on hand to be able to pay for the things that we wanted. So we opened up credit cards um, and just started racking them up. Uh, at the same time, we were going out to eat a lot. Um, a little bit of excessive spending on my end. Um, we just weren't managing a budget. We weren't sticking to any guidelines whatsoever. And we quickly realized that our spending habits were sending us down a path where we were gonna be living paycheck to paycheck. Which wasn't a comfortable feeling because, uh, or, you know, it wasn't a comfortable feeling where, um, you know, there's more week at the end of the money, so to speak. And, um, but we, we quickly, realized that that was just not going to be good and as a result of that we we started arguing and we started fighting a lot um which led to a, you know a couple other issues uh in our marriage that just really kind of turned each other against you know were turned us against each other um so we actually attended re-engage at church um back we were think we were one of the first groups to do it which which was really exciting for us but um, throughout that process, we, we really learned how to reconnect and, and grow as a couple and take on challenges that we had been experiencing in our marriage. Um, however, after that ended, we realized that we didn't, you know, we were still kind of lost and struggling to um, not live paycheck to paycheck and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so we both started doing some research and quickly found Dave Ramsey and his seven baby steps. Um, and also his, his class, Financial Peace University. So we started applying those principles in our lives and um, some really, truly amazing things happened. 
Yeah, so we were following these principles for about two years and those two years were not glamorous by any means. Um, but we were just really determined to stick to our budget. We were not gonna go away from that dollar amount week to week. Um, so within those two years, we ended up paying off about $50,000 in debt, which was an amazing accomplishment. But the, the best part about the entire experience was that we were able to build an emergency fund. Which was totally God's timing that we had that fully funded. Because um, in June of this year, I was put in a unique and challenging position where um, I was going to be losing my job. And uh, I only had about two weeks to prepare for it. But one of the things that was not going through my mind amidst a whole sea of other thoughts was, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to feed my family? You know, how am I going to put gas in my car? And it was truly a blessing for both of us and it gave us both peace throughout that month and a half almost two months um that we that we had that and that we had taken the steps to proactively build that mm -hmm. um for that type of event yeah yeah so god tells us in the bible how to manage the blessings that he gives us um and financial peace university is just the tool that helps us navigate what god is telling us to do with our money. Um, so we just hope that our story is an encouragement to you um, and that you'll go check out FPU. Thanks guys, God bless. See ya. Hey, let's say uh, thanks for Jenna Alex opening themselves up. Real quick FYI, we've had hundreds, literally we've had hundreds of people that have been helped through um, Financial Peace University. Um, Wednesday the 20th, so just a couple weeks out, they're going to crunch all 10 weeks into a three-hour kind of an overview, the seven baby steps. If you're interested in that, you can come here. It'll be free for you to be able to attend. Here's the information. It's also on our website. You can sign up. There's paid child care if you need that as well, just for that, for that help with you. Moreover, if you got a story again, I just want to encourage you. Would you share your story? Want to join in the challenge? You know, again, here's our number. You can text that in. Love to have you both sharing the story. If you want to take that 60-day challenge, there's helps that we will immediately get back to you with. All right. I said one more piece to tie up this conundrum. We've asked, do I need to buy God's blessing? Can I pay God to get a blessing? Right? We've got like, no. But it will be a matter of trust. When God blesses you, Here's the other question we've got on week one. Does God bless me to bless me? How would you answer that? What do you think, yes or no? Does God bless me to bless me? It's like, like I'd give a definite yes, no. <laughs> or going, a definite no, yes. And we think, again, here's that, you know, here's how we can twist things. Well, if I give God this much, if I give him 10, and he blesses me with more than what that 10's worth, okay, that's a, good, that's a good value on my dollar. I'm going to do that. And now when God blesses me, I got more for me. You think God gives you more so that you can just have more for you? That's the question. Does God love you? Yes. Does God want you to be blessed? Yes. But does he want you to end up in a dead-end spot? Does he want to give you something that would actually work against you? That's where we go like, well, no, for sure. 
One of the reasons, if your Bible's still open, if you just kind of look down in verse 9, one of the reasons that God would bless us is so that you can be enriched in every way. That's a blessing. So that you can be generous on every occasion. It's taking us back to what Jesus said. Why be blessed? Acts chapter 20, he says this. In this matter of being blessed. It is even more blessed to give than it is to receive. And when he said that, he knew what was in the heart of God. He knew God as a giver. He knew God as a blesser. And he knew that when we get ourselves in that same place, that's when our blessing multiplies. See, your blessing that you get from God is either going to be one of two things. It's either going to be a dead end, that is, it's going to stop with you, or it's going to be part of a cycle. A dead end blessing, pretty, I mean, it's just pretty much self-explanatory, isn't it? You come to the road, and it's like, here's where the blessing ends. Thank you, God, for me. The cycle of blessing is this. I'm blessed. I give. God blesses. I'm more blessed. I give. And now I'm not just giving time. I'm giving my offerings. I'm helping the people around me. I'm practicing generosity in my life. And you know what you find? This is life to the full. This is the life. This is the blessing. And this is where that blessing conundrum opens itself up to you. The puzzle becomes clear. This message. We're blessed to bless. We're blessed to be a blessing. And whenever you are, you cannot give God. And you're going to find more here. Because the blesser desires to what? To bless more. Today, if you've trusted Jesus, these might be your steps, wherever you're at. It may be in beginning a consistent and proportional, some percentage of your giving, regular and in percentage. For you, you may be ready to try the 60-day challenge. For you, it may be keeping the blessing cycle, staying in it, not letting it end with you. Wherever it is, the big question is, will I trust God in this one area that's the hardest to trust him in? If you haven't yet trusted Jesus, you believe in him, but you haven't trusted him, I want to invite you to do that today. In fact, let me lead us in this prayer and then celebrate communion together. Thank you, God, again, for your blessing. Thank you for the challenge that you've given to us, Holy Spirit, as you're speaking into our lives. I pray that you do it clearly, setting us up for the next and the better that God has for us. For every person here, Jesus, and the ahas come to them. They came in today believing in you, but they're ready now to trust you. Trust you for their eternity. Trust you for the forgiveness of sin. Trust you to do a personal working in them. If that's you, and you've not received Jesus, but today you're ready to do so and to trust him as your savior, can I ask you, 
Would you just lift up a hand here? Our campuses, online, same thing. If you're here, you know, just wave at me. Cool. Others? Thank you, Jesus, again. For those that are, if they come to you, that are receiving your promise, nobody's ever turned away. Nobody is too bad. And in fact, they've just put themselves at the heart of the blessing of God. Bless them, we pray in your name. And our brain agreement said? Amen. Hey, for those that have just opened themselves up to Jesus as a church, can we just uh, express our feelings of going like, we are proud of you, we are so, so happy for you that way. God bless you guys. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.